Wow. I feel good. Do 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 do. I knew that I would. I feel good. I knew that I would. So good. So so good. I got you. I think that's enough, right? That's plenty. That's more than enough. And you brought the band too, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole crew came. Thanks so much, Or. I really like uh I like different tracks like that. You we know, get a lot of similar uh, tracks sometimes. A lot of people singing the same things. It's it's I'm not, it's Monday. I'm not dismissing it, man. I it's just, Monday. You yeah, know, we gotta we gotta feel good. I just think I, I like the high energy comes in and just like yeah. let's rock and roll and let's get talking. High energy and it's only my first espresso of the day. Can you believe uh, that? you gotta get five or six of them, man. That's how the routine is. Especially the, when you got a machine like this. Typically here. takes me two to get out of bed. So uh, Does it? we're a bit behind today. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me here. Thanks so much. And then obviously we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about drywall, but I, I'm yeah. more fascinated on the business brand that you built. We're all about the business, right? You know? it's, uh, so it's really interesting. So, so, yeah. and, and how do you pronounce your last name? Segev. So, and it's Or. Yeah. Is, or, that, like, is that how it's pronounced? It's or? like Orlando without the Lando. Okay, so it's Or. All right, and then Patch Dudes is your baby that you started. Patch right? Dudes is my baby, along with my uh, better looking and smarter half, uh, Mika. It normally takes two. Yeah, doesn't it? Raw no, base. No. Yeah, it, ta- it takes two for <laughs> sure. Um, I've, I've like I've, we talked off air before. Um, I've had painting companies for uh, since I've been painting since I was 14. I had a painting company grew pretty relatively big. Um, we we're up to 24 painters at one time. Oh, shit. Um, but, you know, it's it, it took me a, a big failure to realize that a business without proper business foundations and principles. Um, it's like a house cards. Like a little bit of wind comes and it falls down. Um, yeah, so when we finish that section of our life, and I can, we can get into that, into that. No, no, we could talk a little bit about that, but it's like, it, without yeah. the failure, you would not have learned, and probably 100%. you would not have been on the path to create this. Oh, it's, um, we were just in a conference right now uh, with a whole, like 500 contractors over there, and, you know, everyone's talking about their, uh, their failures, they've been in business for like 20 years before they were successful, and, you know, Mika was looking at me, I was like, we're only in business for two years, and I told her, no, no. I've been in business for like 12 years. So all my failures There's the behind pre-show. me. There's a pre-show. There's a pre-show. Yeah. So we're, uh, all the failures we like to think is out of the way. It's um, with Patchudes. Yeah, we have an awesome concept, awesome brand, but we're focusing on the business principle. And that's uh, let me Let me share the deed. So I guess most of the action you got going on is from Instagram. It's at uh, patch.dudes. Yep. The website is www.patchdudes.com. And the phone number to reach them is 647-549-0299. Do you want to share your email or... Yeah, if anybody want to get in touch with me, I'm an open book. It's just or, O-R-S-E-G-E-V at patchdudes.com. Let me do some shout-outs. I'm wearing Brandon's tea uh, from Hydro Green uh, Sprinklers Irrigation. Um, it's nice. It's a nice color. I like it. But I also want to do, um, I got to do a quick shout-out. that I don't want to mention his name, but it's. Um, I've said it on the show over and over, and it's funny that you just brought that up or about our failures and stuff like that. A uh, certain individual that I know that I respect that is a very good trace person out West is currently dealing with some legal BS. And it's just, uh, I've always said that if you stay in the business long enough, you eventually become the villain. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is that eventually you'll have to start having conversations with lawyers and having to get money that you are deserve. You need to be given because yeah. you did the work. And so yeah. he's, uh, it's kind of shitty that everything's going better for him on the personal side, but now professionally, Winner sucks for this trade, and all of a sudden now you got to fight for money that you've already earned, and uh, for whatever reason. I don't want to get into it, but I just want to give him a shout out and just let him know listen, man, I've been there. I'm hearing it. I understand it. Hopefully, it gets resolved soon. Hopefully, it gets resolved quickly and simply and uh, with as few hours of legal bullshit as possible. 
because I'm lawyers are not my friends. I'm not They're expensive as shit. Exactly. That's what it starts to add up. And then I also want to do a, a really quick shout out because we're getting close to uh, the Concrete Expo. So the Canadian Concrete Expo is happening, guys. I just want to let everybody know that thousands of professionals, exhibitors, and attendees will descend upon the International Center, roaming the shows over 250,000 square feet of pumper trucks, equipment, aggregates, tools, mixers, and more. The show floor is where deals are found and made. Uh, whether you're a local contractor, pro, or doing business across the country, you'll find the need at the 6th Annual Canadian Concrete Expo. So join us, experience CCE effect um, effect for yourself at Canada's only national trade show dedicated to concrete aggregates, February 14th and 15th at Toronto's International Centre. Also use uh, the TCL uh, code and you'll get in, you'll get the... Uh, you get in free, basically, is what I'm saying. Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building-related? The Construction Life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at tcl underscore the construction life follow us on tiktok under the same handle and tweet us at tcl construction subscribe to our youtube channel check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners link is in the ig bio join the conversation on facebook the construction life community and now over to you man i was gonna say that's my favorite four letter f word free <laughs> <laughs> what was I want to know or like how did you come up with the idea to because this is a this is a really clever idea it's smart to it come in and fix the little problems that nobody wants to pay attention to yeah I mean the, the way we describe it our elevator pitch or patch dudes is for anyone that's not familiar um, everybody's got the pesky annoying drywall repair they've been put, putting yep. off or don't want to look at um, you know, their husband tried it and it looks like shit. We come in, we fix it in a matter of a few hours. It's sanded with dustless sanding equipment, painted out the door. You know, one less thing on your to-do list. Um, the whole idea, you know, I would love to say that I invented it and everything. No. I, I didn't. Um, you know, it, it's something that You that packaged exists. it. I repackaged it. Yeah. That's the best way to yeah. say. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I was painting since I was 14. Um a lot. It was really bad at the beginning. Then I got really, really good uh, towards it. One for university. Welcome went. to the construction. Life. Appreciate it. Everybody's <laughs> like that. Nobody's but, a perfect um, rock star at the beginning. But for all, my, for all my times, you know, I found that painters, for some reason, anything bigger than like an anchor hole or a nail hole, they, they get start struggling patching it. Yeah, and, you it. know, the big kind of drywall companies are not coming out for a two-by-two two water leak, um, you know. And if you're going for insurance, you're looking at weeks or months before it gets handled You're a lot of money every morning exactly um so i figured i you know i thought there's a little bit of a niche in the market long story short my ex-partners in business they had um, a bunch of quick service businesses so like appliance repair garage door repair stuff that it's like multiple technician base um and they, each technician does multiple jobs a day cash flow is immediate on the spot and i thought how can i can combine my um, painting and renovation experience with the fast cash flow that my ex-partners had. Okay. Um, and then 
Um, I was just on Instagram, um, fucking around, excuse my French. And then I see um, a company in the States, small company, that all they do is um, drywall repairs, small to medium. And then, honestly, I'm not going to divulge your name because I don't want to shit talk anyone, but the brand really wasn't that great in my opinion. Yep. Um, it looked like a mom and pop shop. And then I went online. Next thing I know, they have like almost 90 franchise locations in the States, only in the East Coast. And I said, holy crap, maybe I should buy a franchise in Canada to do this because I was looking for my next adventure. Um, so I started looking in Canada. And I ended up, there's two companies that, that do what we do in a, in a very small way. How far back are we talking about, Hero? Um, almost three years now. Three years, okay. Yeah. So, right. and, and so nothing I found was a... A legit franchise like you know like an ote brand or something something like that um and nothing really looked appealing to me and i said why can i why do i need to pay the franchise fee for someone that it doesn't look like i'm getting much in in return um so i i looked over at my better half um she was a marketing consultant at deloitte back then i said what do you think of this idea um doing drywall repairs and why don't we brand it in a way from the get-go that's a franchisable in the future but b would establish trust and establish us as the go-to in the marketplace yeah um she said you're stupid i hate that idea i hate the <laughs> i hate the name patch dudes it's sexist um but it, it actually it's it's i'm sorry but it's not it's not i think it um connects right away yeah we're reinventing the word dude yeah. dude is a personality yeah. it's not a, not a gender exactly so, so it's an attitude exactly it's an attitude it, yeah. and so that's kind of what we ca- went with um and then she set out we worked with jump brands if anybody's familiar with them uh, from the get-go they're a branding consultant um so she worked with them she did a, we did a whole bunch of market research to try to find who our clientele are um who are um what kind of what kind of vibe our brand needs to put out what kind of feeling it needs to generate it's literally down to the colors that we use um the, ca- the character that we use um so she did all of that it took a Probably about six months until our brand was um, was done. Were you testing the waters the same time that you were building the brand? So at the same time we were building the brand, I was doing myself a whole bunch of like repairs, repairs. trying to perfect Just the to system. Just get an idea of how it's going to be. Exactly. Right? It's all about SOP, standard yep. operating procedures. So I was trying from the get-go set those procedures and how to do the repair so I can teach it really easily. Yeah, um, yeah so, so it was January 2022 that we our website was finally ready. Okay. <laughs> um we launched in january our first real job was not until end of march um and at that time we thought it was just going to be me doing the work maybe a helper and mika doing the back end what ended up in reality is we started getting calls for stucco removal more than repairs to begin with um, getting rid of the stupid popcorn ceilings was that on your website or it was it was gonna be it was on our website as a secondary kind of service okay um, just because, again, in the, when I was doing painting, a lot of painters were also doing stucco removal. No one was really specializing in it. So I did have a killer system for it. Um, you know, and all the information is on a website, actually, with videos. We have like 80,000 views on a video, how to skim a ceiling. Yep. Um, so what ended up happening at the beginning, we got a ton of calls for that. So next thing you know, two months in, we have a crew of four guys doing nothing but stucco removal. And actually, the repair side really struggled in the beginning. Um, it, it took about probably almost a year until we had enough work for a full-time technician. Um, just for one person, just for one person to stay busy five days a week. Exactly. Okay. But but then at the end of the year, our SEO that we started investing very heavily, which is, um, search engine optimization, they were basically the organic ranking on Google. Yeah. Once that caught on, it was like wildfire. 
um, you know, now we have tons of work, um, multiple technicians, and, you know, we're bringing on new people. So if anybody is a drywall repair technician or taper sick of doing a huge job and wants to make better money, give us a call. So let me backtrack a tiny bit to the SEO because I've, I've had some social media people on the show before talk about SEO yeah. and Google and everything like that. And, and what was it that you guys were doing slightly different? Because they've always expressed Google and SEO yeah. being like trying to communicate how to operate a gun to a six-year-old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you For have sure. to be very specific on what words you're using. And you, yeah. if you actually want to target certain things, otherwise it becomes a Google blanket at that point, which yeah. doesn't benefit you as a business owner. No. Right. So what were you guys like, were you just cause and effect trial and error, looking at different parts of the city, seeing what people were asking yeah. for? Because obviously Toronto is a, such a diverse area yeah, huge. and there's obviously, um, you got the condo market too, but the thing is they've got their own internal building maintenance. Yep bullshit um and i say that for a specific reason yeah. because it is bullshit and then you got homeowners that rather call someone like you yeah. to come in instead of deal with their bin building yeah. maintenance person so how did you guys tackle that seo so i think um disclaimer i am not an seo expert discard everything i Neither say am I. Um, I just know how to spell it so for, <laughs> for, for all the internet experts out there but um I think that the real question is, is what's your marketing strategy to begin with? Yeah. Um, we, we do have a third party that handles our SEO and, you know, they do a ton of trial and error and the link buying quality links, backlinks and linking all that crap. Um, but really what I think it came down to is from the get go, we, we put um, Mika put together a really, really good marketing plan, which involved a cohesive ecosystem of different marketing channels and, and activities that we did. And that goes from, the uniforms that our guys are wearing, it's the branded trucks that are driving around, it's the 134 five-star Google reviews, um, you know, getting a review from every job that really helps SEO, um, tying, making sure that our socials all have the exact same look and feel to them. Um, the YouTube videos, even even though nobody's looking at your YouTube videos in the beginning, it all kind of ties into the SEO. Um, so I think the more that we kind of stuck with it and realized um that we have something here, you know, this concept is working. Um, there is a demand for it. It just, we kind of had to re we, ha we have to educate the marketplace that this concept even existed. Yeah. So um, once, once it took a while to get to a point that all of those different vehicles were, cl were clicking in harmony together. Um, but, but right now it's, uh, we're, we're finally getting to that point. You know, the word of mouth is compounding. Quick shout, uh, the Builder Project is an energy consulting and construction management firm for building retrofits with a mission to increase communication, improve collaboration, and maximize social and environmental impact. They apply a holistic approach to energy and water efficiency in existing commercial, healthcare, and municipal buildings throughout the New York metropolitan area. They work with building owners to identify ways to reduce energy and water consumption, increase comfort for building occupants, improve indoor air quality and create healthier environments in addition they aim to create a sustainable business model that supports local jobs and training programs to address the labor shortage they believe that the best way to support our mission is to create high quality jobs and provide training opportunities for residents hiring locally whenever possible and purchasing goods and services from minority and women-owned businesses so please check them out at thebuilderproject.com um it's like yeah. becoming the Kleenex. It's it be the exactly. now, right? Exactly. So if you ask me, um, what's your big, everybody loves to ask me, the conference we're just saying, what's your best um, leads, um, leads uh, generator? 
where do you get most of your leads from? Everybody is, you know, word of mouth and referrals, which is great. It's a sign of a healthy business, but you can't scale on word of mouth. No. Um, so for us, it's a combination. We track everything, you know, Instagram generated out of um, a, million, a million and something in revenue. Uh, it generated almost 300 grand for us last year. SEO was great. PPC for us was great in the beginning, wow. but PPC right now, because our SEO is so good, our Google AdWords, it's just honestly a waste of money. It's our most expensive um, cost agree. per lead. I totally agree. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, been, it's been very organic kind of growth, and we, we did it on purpose because I didn't want to go from, you know, 500 grand in first year to 5 million the second year. That's not, that's kind of what we did in, in our painting company and caused the shit show. Um, so we kind of almost held ourselves back on purpose. Another story in the, be- in the be- um, end of 2023 in August, we had to kind of almost re- reset our whole company. We lost um, half of our stuff, of our labor, due to a bad hire. It was, uh, it was kind of a shit show. So um, we're trying to work out all those. There kinks. was a virus. It was a virus. In yeah, the, uh, which yeah. it happens, right? It wasn't as much as a virus. The guy is, it was our best field worker, and we promoted him to our project manager. Just. I, I did that as a business owner. I'm, I'm, I have to take responsibility because we promoted somebody that was a superstar. Yep. We put him in the wrong seat on the bus without giving him the tools or systems to be the superstar. Okay. So that kind of caused a bad chain reaction like it did. But, you know, thankfully, I have a smart business mind sitting behind you there. And it and got you to really Yeah, and, and together we had to reevaluate. We kind of reset it, um, got rid of the people on the wrong um, seat on the bus or relocated them to a better seat on the bus for them. Okay. Brought in... Better people with proper onboarding systems and training systems. And big shout out to Breakthrough Academy. They're our coaching um, program that we're part of. That's a conference we just went to. Okay. And they helped us with all the, um, you know, onboarding systems, SOPs, everything needed to run a proper business. So, um, yeah, it was it was a hell of a year. 2023 was a hell am of a I, year. Or am I fair to assume that most of your clientele are younger than older? Great question. Um, our clientele ranges into two groups. Okay. One, it's the boomers, um, 55 to... The older guys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, those are the guys that typically used to do it themselves, and they're too yep. old, they don't have the time. Um, higher income. Uh, we do a ton of work in Oakville, Mississauga, Burlington, those areas we do a ton. And then the other group is um, down, downtown condos, um, young professionals, white collar. Um, those we do really, really well. Our business is currently 100% B2C. So yeah. we market to the hand consumer. We market to the homeowners, to the unit owners of condos. Uh, we didn't even touch the surface of property managers, um, trade referrals, or anything like that. Um, because, you know, we're trying to be very selective with who we do work with. When you have a limited capacity for production, um, you got to be very selective with the jobs you take. So you don't want to end up like your buddy um, taking the desperation yeah. jobs yeah. and fighting it out in courts. Again, I don't know the story there, but no. I've been in that shoe too many times, Everybody. taking a desperation jobs um, just for, to keep people busy. Um, yeah, so our demographic is, is kind of the two groups. But is it is it basically, I'm, I'm going to assume that it's more they don't have the time or the interest to do it and less they don't have the skill to do it, or is it a balance of both? It's a balance of both. We find a lot of people... The, the, most people are willing to pay our prices, and we are a bit more of a premium offering price-wise. Um, 
But you're coming in and solving a problem. Yeah, we're solving a problem. As efficiently as possible. 100%. So then there's a cost. It's, it's different than if they were to get 100%. on a job site and they know somebody and all of a sudden you're yep. on a, a new construction job site yep. or you're doing a rental. No, no. And then you like, a drywall guy, can you come by yep. my place and just take care of this patch? And no. I'm it's like, the, drywall guys won't do that. It's definitely people that A, value their time. They don't want to spend time buying materials and trying to do it themselves and, and just calling somebody else. And then the, the second group is people that tried it themselves before. Um, did a terrible job because mudding is actually a little bit of an art to do. So they listened um, to the and orange apron yeah. and they went down the aisle there. Exactly. And then, you know, their wife said, you're never doing this again. I'm calling the patch dudes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, my joke is that call us, we'll make your wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys go in there and just for whatever reason, if there's a hole, there's something that happened. Yeah. It's just, it's Lots annoying. of anger issues in the city, man. Yeah. Ton of people punching walls. In the condos, in the high rise? I hope not concrete walls. <laughs> yeah, it's, but there, yeah, it's a ton of. Um, I just went. To, uh, we're doing a job this week. We're in a condo, condo building, rental apartment. That the tenant got mad at the landlord and smashed every single wall with a hammer. Yeah, so he cost like seven grand worth of drywall repairs. But Is it drywall or concrete walls? Both? Dry, drywall. Drywall yeah. walls. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. There's most most of our work is probably due to leaks still. Water leaks, um, you know, electrician, electricians making it's ceiling a looks like maintenance yeah. issue, right? Like, exactly. It shouldn't exactly. be happening if it was built properly at that point, but it's it's crazy. It seems like Canada, the, the way we build homes, it's almost like to create the secondary industry of maintenance. It's it's uh, not like it is. Yeah, that's the shitty thing about it, right? Yeah. Do you also educate your clients on if you leave all this moisture here and it continues this way that sure. there's a health risk attached to this? Yes, for sure. The mold it? is a big concern. Yeah, for a lot of clients that call us, even if that a leak a day, like a day ago, they want it done immediately because they, they are concerned about the possibility of water seeding or mold or whatnot. Um, so our technicians do a great job of of educating the clients on the spot too. So well, you know, if there's a concern by the client, any that there might be moisture on a small, what seems like a small hole. We'll actually cut a bigger piece, take it to the client, show him. You see, there's no residu um, residual signs of water anywhere. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of uh, drywall repairs. It's not something, it's not a luxury. It's not something that you want to do. It's something that you have to do, unfortunately. Um, you know, so we, we try, we have to be very sympathetic to, uh, to the client's the call. Um, which makes it very interesting when calls come in because we do have multiple services. We have the stucco removal. We do 3,500 square feet of stucco removal a week. A week. So we have um, three crews operating around the stucco city. Stucco should never have been an option. In the I building, agree with you, but the, the builders building. are still spraying the crap, dude. Well, they were doing it because they didn't want to do more than one coat. Nobody wants to finish the drywall. Nobody get, wants get to this, finish get this. flat. I, was, uh, I had a client that bought a brand new home in East Gwalenberry. Um 2,400 square feet. Brand from the, he, bought, he bought it on paper from the builder. He wanted um, upgrade to flat ceilings. And this is before, it's all on paper. Oh the builder told him it's 45 grand to upgrade to, to flat ceiling throughout. The, the guy told him, spray your stucco, called me for about 15 grand, and we, we took everything off and made it look perfect. So as long as builders keep doing that kind of crap, you know, or we'll don't have even a lot of work. spray your stucco and just leave it and then come yeah. in and finish the coats after that. Based on their contracts, apparently they have five grand. You could yeah, it was you could hang and mud a whole house for that price. Yeah, twenty four hundred square feet, and that's a killer. That's what kills me because you know I, I know what they're paying the new construction tapers. The taper is not getting forty five no, grand to not. tape that ceiling. No, the builder's <laughs> getting that money. Yeah, it's um, this industry is is interesting, man. I, one of our our mission statement was to professionalize a very unprofessional industry. 
Um, and it starts. You well, know, there's no regulation, right? So there's no anybody is a genius, and anybody yeah. is an expert, and and they just do whatever they want to do. Is that hundred percent? Which is not that's not right when it comes to that trade. And that's why you have like the, the especially on popcorn ceiling removal, the price difference is the variation in price of the company. Is it massive? Oh my god. But everybody I mean, is not using the same tools or like it's not the same tool it's not the same process i mean we skim coat every ceiling twice after we remove the stucco just to make sure it's perfect i mean i have guys that are bidding against me that they're just scraping everything by hand priming doing some touch-ups Lots calling it a day. And just make it wet and then exactly. scrape it down into a garbage can so i tell the homeowner it's um you know there's a two dollars a square foot there's a dollar a square foot process which which conversations should we have you know it's yeah. uh you know, not if there was one thing I learned from this business and my previous businesses is that not everyone is your client, and nope. it's, and the power of no is uh, learn is how to. Huge. I was just gonna say, learn how to say no, man, and your life will be so much easier. The sooner you learn how to say no, the better off you're gonna build a, a proper business. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm still guilty. We took on a. <laughs> no, no, you're still gonna <laughs> learn. Right. We took it's on. Testing. We're, we're branching into a more um, robust taping. Okay. Um, still working. Um, B2C, so we're gonna we're only looking to work on taping jobs like with the homeowners or somebody actually managing the project. But we did take on a job that we probably shouldn't. All the red flags were there. It's what I call a January job, where mm-hmm. you got to fill the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the schedule. Um, so even with my vast experience, uh, you know, we still make mistakes every once in the, in a while. But okay, you live and you learn, right? Do you have a preference on mud? You oh, like? Dude. Are you, you, you can make any, well, I don't know. You tell me because I know that certain guys have preferences when it comes to certain. Let me put it this way. I have guys that can make sheetrock five look incredible. Even as a finish coat, I would never do it. Um, we have very strict processes, you know, whenever we finish something and it needs to be sanded, it's always all purpose mud. We use the, um, we love the ultra lightweights, the, the light green yep. bucket from, we get it from Sherwin Williams, but you get it everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because it spreads a certain way, right? Spreads, it, it sands nice. easy, it sands it dries nice. fast. Um, you know, we we have a whole process, but it's typically first couple coats, um, hot mud, last coat, all purpose. You're good to go. And what ta- what tape are you using? Are you paper mesh? When Five? we started out, we used mesh a lot. Um, now we tape everything other than inside corners with uh, fiber fuse. Okay, that's uh, that's stuff that looks like uh, dryer sheets. Yeah. It's itchy. It's not comfortable to work with, but it does not crack. Um, you know, it, it doesn't move. It has a lot of flex in it. Um, yeah, so just for warranty sake and whatnot, because we do warranty all of our projects against any future cracking, anything like that. We've had issues with mesh um, once we switched over. You've to, seen um, cracks? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had jobs that we crack, and I know people are going to comment. They're going to say, oh, it's because you did it in the same day. No, we've had jobs. We pre-filled the crack, fastened the drywall, um, everything was dried perfectly and we, and we did it with mesh and it cracked like two weeks after, um, did the same thing, same process with fiber fuse and, you know, it's a year and a half later and it's still good. So, I mean, I personally, I think it's worth the extra money to pay fiber yeah. and use that instead of using mesh, man. I mean, in our, in our business and model as a whole, you know, if in painting the cost of material is around 10, 12%. What's our cost of material? About five, five to seven percent. It's not. It's so minimal. The callback is where the expense. That's where the yeah. loss is. If you don't do your job right on the first time, you're not making any money. No. And you're not getting the re- the repeat clients. Um, you're not getting their f- referrals. So you know our our systems are all about do it right the first time. Follow step by step. It's almost to a point we b- we built our our 
system and training is, is I can take anybody with minimal experience. Just follow the steps by step by step by step. And, you know, you'll, you'll be a repair technician. How long is the training process? When you get some, let's say you get a kid who's coming in and they want to be working with you. And how long mm-hmm. does it normally take before they're actually on a job site doing it themselves? Give me somebody that was a painter or like a painter assistant before. Yep. Two weeks. Give me okay. somebody that never picked up a drywall um, equipment. A month. Yeah. It's, then uh, they'll get the, the trick. It's so it. repetitive. That's what I like about niching down. You know, the riches is in the niches. Is Once you do the same kind of thing day in, day out, you do. If you do the same repair a hundred times a month, it's unreasonable to expect not to be better at it. You know, so. 10,000 kick. I know. Yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you do it. You do something. You, most of our repairs fall into the same processes and the same categories. Um, so it, it's, if you've done a repair on a four by four patch, you know, it might, a couple of things might be different depending on site conditions, but the repair itself is the same thing over and over and over again. I know you guys pride yourself on, uh, being, and you're not a hundred percent dust less, but you're getting close to like 99% dust less. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's a real critical thing to all clients. Yeah. And I'm still dumbfounded that the drywall trade itself still using sanding pads and just putting a regular nine and nine and 95 on whatever. And then having, Crazy. there's a reason why when you take your dust mask off and you got those two little marks beside your nostrils of dust that yeah. are past the actual filtration of the mask. Yeah. There's a reason why. So you should be paying attention to that. But I think more and more people should be using vacuum assisted. 100%. And I'm not saying go and spend the thousands of dollars that are associated with a Festool product yeah. or whatever. There's other brands that are, have good machines as well. The whole thing is get yeah. dust free, man. Dude, I'm a tool junkie. Uh, I have all the different uh, <laughs> sending equipment. I got the Festools. I got the Merca. I got the Surf Which one's Bread. better? Be honest with me. Which one's better? Because I've heard guys tell me Merca's yeah. good, Festool's good. Let me put it this way. I was just having a conversation with a guy looking to get into the industry in Chicago, and he was asking me the same questions. And I told him, if you're, if you're looking to do final sending... Or um, if you're if you've never used dust sanding machines, go Merca. Merca, it's it's light. It's if you use the pole sander before in your life, you know how to use electronic. You press a button and you're good to go. Their paper is magnificent; doesn't leave any swivel marks. Um, the issue with Festool and their and their sanders, the vacuums are incredible. Uh, the sander itself, the Planex, the Planex 2.0, whatever you want to use, it's heavy. It's too heavy. There's too many settings on it, yeah. for, especially when you give it to your guys to play with. And it leaves swivel, swivel marks that you'll see um, with LED lights. Um, so we actually, when we do popcorn ceiling removal, we re- use the Planex to remove because it has a bit more power to it. Yep. Um, once it's removed, all final sanding is done with the Merca. The Merca. Yeah, I think Merca I've had heard similar. A, I've heard similar, that's why. They made a great product, but, um, you know, Makita makes a great sander. Um, DeWalt makes a great sander. Um, Nobody's got a cordless sander, do they? Working with your hands is demanding. You demand gear that works as hard as you do. Now get it only at Work and Wear. Offering the best in workwear since 1975. From Cool Works ventilated work pants to keep you cool, to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe, including harnesses from $49.95 and top name safety footwear by Timberland, Keen, Kodiak, Terra, and Blundstone, just to name a few. Only at Work and Wear in Markham, Scarborough, and Whitby or workandwear.ca. They are cordless. The, the Dewalt ones is, is cordless. Do- okay. And yeah, it looks got to be heavy with that Dewalt battery yeah. on the back end. Uh, and I've seen some videos and reviews of Almost it. Almost like a little... It's not the one a, I buy. A wagon wheel next to you no. to carry the battery for that no. thing, man. But, you know, it's also important to, to set expectations, like you, like you said. Um, 
on the repairs, you know, when we come in, the house is just as clean. It's not cleaner when we finish the job. Um, but yeah, the dustless, the dustless machines will take about 95% of the dust, 96%. Um, you know, there's stuff that doesn't matter what you do. There's corners that you can't reach. With a, yeah. With a big and you still have to touch those with hand, but you yeah. try to keep things as, yeah. as quiet as possible. But yeah, that's part sure. of drywall. And that's how it works. So anybody It's a messy industry. In, yeah. It's a real messy industry. And, you know, we're trying, we're trying to make it a little bit cleaner. And I wish everybody w- would use it. And, you know, nowadays, Sherwin-Williams will give a credit account to anybody that, that you know, can fog up a mirror. I'll give you a credit account with 0% with $2,000. Go buy yourself a machine. Yeah. You know, your, your clients will thank you. I think you're doing your clients a disservice if you're not using Dustless sanding machines. Is Festool still selling that stupid harness to, to hold the... It's still selling that stupid thing. One right? of my guys... Uh, and I call it stupid because it's stupid. It's useless. Dude, one of my guys hasn't. Yeah, it it, does, it takes the, the pressure off your back and onto your knees. But and it you, puts it on your lower back. Yeah, on your lower back. So, so you're, you're sitting like this. I, I don't want it on my lower back. I'm sorry no. to say. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you completely. I think Festus has a lot of attachments and stuff that I think are great, but that's that's not one of them. But also, Festool's stupid, exp- expensive on everything, even the paper. Well, what's the vacuum going for these days? Is it three grand? For you, can, you can get a package of a vacuum and the, and the Planex, uh, probably the easy, for about 2500 With the actual Planex as well, too? Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, okay, they're, so they've gone down in price then a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because, you know, Merca is always also competitive. Like The Merca package is about 2300 Um I think the vacuum is not as good as the Festool for Merca. The holes on the Merca, do they line up with the Festool holes? Of course not, right? You can put the Merca holes into the vacuum. For no, the no, Festool. the holes in the actual pads, the sanding no. pads. They don't line up. No, they don't. Why would that? Like, that makes no sense. If they did, <laughs> I would never buy a Festool paper again, man. <laughs> That's it's, what uh, I mean. It's just so stupid because I'm... Yeah. Like, it is what it's it is. frustrating, right? Because I guess, yeah, you want... And, and the unfortunate thing is, like you said, Festool has a lot of great products. Yeah. But not every product is great from their no. line. And yeah, it's unreasonable to expect that everything will be will no be brand. Doesn't matter who it is. We've had uh, the Palm Sanders. Um, R- it's called the RTS. I know which ones you're talking. Yeah, about. we've They're had great. Those almost a thousand dollars each, aren't they? Yeah, and for the same money, not same money. For six hundred bucks, you can buy the Palm Sander from Urca. Put the Surf Prep uh, foam pad on it, and you have the best sander, from in my opinion, for patchwork. It's real simple. When I walk into woodworking shops, yeah, I see yellow more than I see green. I agree with you. And there's a reason why I see yellow more than I see green. Auto shops too. Yeah. So it says something. So I'd rather ask somebody that's constantly doing it on a daily, weekly basis and get their opinion about it instead of someone that's an influencer on social media saying that this is the best tool ever because I just used it for 10 minutes and it's wonderful and I'm not using it for another hour. The best best (laughs) example I can say is one of my guys, uh, when he joined us, he he only had the festival, um, swore by it, did thousands thousands of jobs with the festivals um i told him on this first day try the murka for final sanding he never put it back down since yeah, then that's, that's what's gonna happen yeah and every time I, it's not available to him he's like crying and bitching but <laughs> <laughs> so what other services so you're doing popcorns busy but then now you're also you're getting into but are you also finished painting priming we we, we don't offer painting as like a standalone service okay but Nine out of ten homes we remove stucco on. They'll ask us to they'll paint ask you and to come in we'll and take care it. of it. Yeah. And like I said, my background is in painting. Um, painting since I was fourteen. We have great uh, guys that do painting as well, so we kind of facilitate the whole deal if, if somebody wants it. Um, we are really, really expanding this year. This year is the year of the growth. We finally have our everything this <laughs> dialed down. Um, 
We're really going to expand the repair department. So that means going aggressively after those property managers, brokerages, trade referral program. So all you electricians and plumbers listening to this, making walls into Swiss cheese, you got to call us. We'll make you look good to your clients. Um, That's going to be an uphill battle because they won't, yeah. they don't make the phone call. They don't. It's not their responsibility. Their responsibility is just to get that box in there. Yeah, but don't, don't you think um, you look better as an electrician, for example? You come in, you make a whole bunch of holes, and instead of telling the client, you're wrong, uh, go figure it out. Yeah. Here's a card to patch dudes. You get a discount working with us. Give them a call. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. Um, so we repairs is what we're really focusing on this year, growing that um, to a point that if somebody calls us in, we're, we want to be almost next day service kind of thing. Uh, we're, we're currently booking into like a week out typically for repair, sooner if it's an emergency. Uh, like I said, taping, we're, we're getting into taping to a very, very, very select group of clients. Um, we don't take on every single contractor because, to be honest with you, a lot of contractors are bozos out there nowadays. Yep. Um, and then uh, stucco removal, same thing. We're going to continue doing about three to 4,000 square feet a week. Uh, everybody that's telling me I'm too expensive, you know, it's okay. We're still doing three to 4,000 square feet a week where a lot of guys are sitting at home now. I know it sounds cocky, but... It goes back to the marketing conversation we had I think before. It's, a, it's 100% the marketing. That's what it is. It's just like the, the word is, and that's why I made the reference about Kleenex, right? Yeah. You guys have established yourself, and everyone is like, this is the go-to thing. You ever, or you ever walk in a property, whether it's high-rise or residential, um, you're there to fix the patch. Yeah. Uh, you see the patch, but peripherally, you see how shit the mudding is to begin with on the rest of the place yeah. especially if the sun is hitting the, the unit at a certain angle yeah. and you're just seeing this crappy work i mean yeah. it's not really your business you don't want to get into the world of listen yeah. i can skim all of this i can fix all of this because yeah. that's opening up a can of worms at that point yeah. and trying to explain to that client that you bought a lemon yeah and this is what they offered you right it's um same thing when i used to do painting sometimes you want to sell based on what you think is going to look the best or think is the best. You got to put yourself in the shoes of the client. Let them do the expectation setting. Yeah. Um, so every time we get into a job, if you said, if it's a shithole and, you know, none of the tape joints are properly sanded and just painted over and whatnot, and we have a repair to do in the middle of the wall, we tell the client, I'm going to make this repair area look the same as the rest of your walls. That's where I was headed with it. Is if, that yeah. your work will look amazing, but now they're going to start to notice everything around the exactly, work. Exactly, exactly. So, but we also tell them, my repair will look flat. So there will be a, a difference in texture kind of thing on your wall. If you want, I can give you a quote to skim coat the whole wall. Now, out of 10, most people are going to say, no, don't worry about it. Matter. There are, you know, on the bigger, nicer homes, they expect perfection. And our guys are... Are equipped to, to deliver perfection. It's all about setting the expectations when when you walk into there. Um, we we quote based on on photos. So if anybody wants a repair quote, they just got to fill a contact form, add a couple of photos. Within ten minutes, they have a quote in their inbox. Um, so based on size of the hole, based on size, based on what it takes to do the job. Um, we have a whole bunch of criteria on a website that kind of walks you how to give us the right information so we can send you a, a proper quote. But the whole point is that we know what we're walking into before we even get there. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of kind of quick service companies that we modeled our business around, such as, uh, for example, appliance repairs, also technician based, also in and out jobs. Um, but they don't do any quoting ahead of time. What they do is they charge a fee to get to come to the site. They do a diagnostic, and then give you a price. You want to do it? Do it. Don't want to do it? Do it. So the client doesn't really know what what 
budget to expect, what they're looking at to. Um, we're, we're huge on transparency. Um, I hate extra charges. I think extra charges should be saved for guacamole only. <laughs> um, so what, what, when we come out, it's, there's a signed, co- signed contract. The client knows what to expect price-wise. They know how long more, more or less it's going to take. And they know that if there's unexpected surprises, there will be a written change order on the spot done by the technician, which they can approve, not approve, up to them. But you get a happy client, especially when it, they realize that they've been staring at this hole yeah. for like a long time. And I guess in a client's world, time is relevant because a long time could be a week. Yeah. And they'll be looking at this hole going. And if you're coming in here and you're taking care of it, yeah. same day is same done. Day. Yeah. All you have to do now is paint it. Yep. And then we could even recommend somebody. And oh, we paint Oh, you painted as well. It's it's an option that they get if they want to. If they want to go down that road, right? Well, we, a lot of our repairs, it's painted corner to corner of the wall, and you never see it was there. So nice. yeah, it's it's definitely. I find that people are a lot less picky than painting. For example, um, on repair work, because like you said, there was a hole there. Now there, it's six hours later. There isn't a hole, and you know everyone's happy. It's the 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 them being like the problem being solved. Yeah. So now they don't have to look at it anymore. So just now they're a lot happier and they'll recommend. Yeah, just solves people problems. doesn't matter about the price. That's what I mean. It's like the price is your value of what you're bringing. You're yeah. bringing the headache gone. That's what we're bringing. We are, it's, every business needs to have um, UPS, unique sell, uh, USB, unique selling proposition. Um, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, I did not reinvent the wheel. This, this service has existed before me. It will exist after me. Um, but what were we bring the values in the total experience from the second that you pick up the phone or send an email to contact us to the second our technician leaves. Yeah. It's an experience that nobody in the industry is going to give you. You're going to get immediate communication. You're going to get uniformed, clean technicians with stocked vans and trucks. They're not going to leak oil on your driveway. They're going to come on time that they promise. They're going to ask you if you want a coffee on the way. Um, you know, they're going to protect your home. They're going to do everything with dustless sanding machines. It's going to be done imme- almost immediately when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. And when they're done, they're going to give you a nice little gift basket. You're happy. You're telling your friends and leaving a review. Um, and then in, in three months, we're going to touch base again to make sure everything is good and there's no cracks. And if there is, you have a warranty. So yeah, corner, you know, from start to finish, it's the experience. And a lot of companies do a great job in the beginning and then they don't deliver on what they promise or they show up late or even if you it's okay to show up late sometimes life happened but you know we have these little things all you gotta do is send a text give a call and notify it goes a long way yeah or how do you solve problems we have a dedicated project coordinator and manager for every job um if there's a problem we fix it you know if if there's an issue it's just communication you have a chain of communication from the beginning from the time that they reached out to you so the time that you've left their property yep. and completed it, there's a chain of communication. Some of my best projects and best clients I ever had came from butchered jobs that we we fucked up on. Okay. It's it's but it's how you communicate and how you solve the issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, synthesize synthesize uh, make bigger overcome. Synthesize with the issue, make the problem seem bigger than it is and then overcome the issue. Um that's how you sell. That's how you overcome. Um, Who, who's, whose marketing idea was it to put you guys all in black because you're dealing with mud you're de- <laughs> and you're dealing with, you know, bird droppings if you're skimming yeah. a ceiling. And so yeah. it's like you obviously are going to get some white on the black. Yeah. But I mean, was that a conscious effort to go the black and yellow route? 
I I really like the black and yellow. And then my marketing expert behind you um, also liked it. We thought it generated like, you know, sincerity, honesty, but trustworthy as well. And the yellow catches the eye. Yeah. Um, so our first, first uniforms were black. And like you said, after one job, it's full of mud and dust and you can't use it anymore. So now our guys are all in either white or light gray. Um, you know, stuff that hides the dust and you can clean pretty easily. Thankfully, uh, drywall compound, unlike paint, comes off clothes very, very easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the black was my idea. I still wear black because uh, makes me seem skinny. But that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it. Looks that's cool uh, off the job site. It looks cool yeah. as a brand, but I mean sure. the actual physical work. There's as as cheesy right. as you may look at it, but back in the day when painters were promoting themselves, I mean Dickies were always white. They always came yeah. white with the the loop, the belt loop, and you know hold your brush and all that yeah. crap. It was always white. It was just white, 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 white because they knew that they were painting white, right? And then they said. Um, when I started painting, I asked somebody, why is painters white white? And they told me, uh, yeah, it's you can judge how good a painter is by how much uh, paint he has on his clothes. That's why it's white. I think it's bullshit, but yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a nice little uh, I'm going to look <laughs> at the word. I, I, I want to ask you, okay, coming from the painting business and yeah. you took your lessons from that to this, what was the number one lesson that you, you learned and you took from that to this business? Quickly turn digital measurements into efficient gains for your business. With iGUIDE, you can turn around DWG floor plans within 48 hours, easily share project files with partners, and create 3D walkthroughs for your clients. Stop struggling with inaccurate measurements, manual processes, and inefficient project planning and collaboration. Discover how you can boost productivity and cut costs with a virtual demo. Visit www.goiguide.com forward slash AEC to connect with an iGUIDE specialist. Find your niche. Find something that you can do that other people don't want to do or hate doing or not good at it. Solve uh, rich people problem because they have more money to pay and they will pay it. And then um, really learn how to set systems in your business. That's the biggest, biggest takeaway that, that I had. Uh, my painting business, and I'm not going to get in, into like the name no, and no, whatnot, no, no. but um, we didn't have a good onboarding and hiring system. So anybody that can breathe got hired. Um, which is usually the case for a lot of construction case. businesses. I was doing all the onboarding. I was doing all the sales. I was doing all the production management. I was doing all the ma- the marketing. Um, so I was essentially a glorified um, firefighter. <laughs> um, fight, fight, fighting fires instead of actually looking at the root causes of those fires. Um, and you get burnt out when you said you're, to have your entrepreneurial dream, you you think, of you, oh, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to be sitting on the beach. The business is going to be running yeah, by itself. Um, real quick, you realize that they don't teach us how to do it very well. Nobody really teaches you how to do it. And a lot of people um, in the industry don't want to share. And then after, uh, I see it with painters all the time. They, th- they think that they fall into the perfectionism trap of nobody can do it as good as I can. So I got to do everything and, and that. And I fell into that probably up until this year. Okay. I was... Um, Reluctant to, to delegate anything, uh, but once you realize that you you bring on the right guys, you train them properly, you pay them good, you treat them nice, and you you bring on people that specialize in specific things, you don't have to do everything. You know, we brought on a project coordinator, and all of a sudden, and he's much better than me at paying attention to details and communicating. And all of a sudden, I don't gotta be on the road eight hours a day going from nope. site to site to site. You know, we brought on somebody to answer the phones and do sales over the phone because I suck at it. And all of a sudden, our closing ratio went all the way up. So, you know, it's um, 
it's, it's for me, it was the biggest lesson for my painting company is learn how to delegate and learn how to have the systems in place to delegate. So shit actually gets done. How much time did you spend? Because it's, it's clever. You, you were always being reactive and then you finally said, pump the brakes. I got to be proactive now. But how much time did you spend being proactive to restructure the business? We joined, I, I said it before, Breakthrough Academy. Um, they're, um, they specialize in contracting um, businesses um, and coaching. It's a group coaching and then one-on-one. Um, but they're Expensive? Huge. It's about five grand to sign up, the initial fees, and then 1600 a month. So okay. if you're not implementing anything you're, you're learning, it's expensive and, you, and you're going to waste your money. Of course. Um, you know, the conference we're just at is about 10 grand for two people to, arrive, to attend, but you get a ton of value. Uh, but to answer your question is, we've been with them for nine months now. It took me probably about six months before I started realizing how to implement everything that they harp on. Because they throw a ton of information at you. Um, Were you swamped? Were you thinking? It's. I mean, I got seven days a week. I got my personal life. I got my business. I'm I mean, a, a little bit, but also I, I studied finance in school and university. So like, I kind of understood all the initial stuff that they were teaching everybody in the group exercise. Um, and, and then once I realized how to use all of the different, you know, sales systems, um, sales pipelines that they have, production pipelines that they have, uh, the planning, their, their strategic planning is the biggest thing. Once we understood together, Mika and I, how to work, how everything works in harmony together to run a cohesive business, um, that's where things really clicked. And I would say it's the last like three months for us. Um, and and it's, big, it's big changes. All of a sudden, you know, we're realizing, oh, we had the wrong bum in the wrong, in the wrong seat. Let's re, re, restructure the company. Um, how do we find the right bum to put in the seat? Yeah. And once we find them, how do we actually train him so he knows what his deliverables are, how we measure them, how to what the ongoing management is? Uh, you know, there's something called uh, GSR, goal setting reviews meetings, which yeah. should be done biweekly. Just make sure that you know your employees know exactly what is being measured these next two weeks, what the goals for the next two weeks, and you know, and then have a follow up one to actually hold them accountable. So all those stuff, it's, it seems like mumbo jumbo to a lot. I'm sure a lot of painters will be here sitting here. I don't have time. I'm in the truck all day. Sure. You but you also, to grow. you also can't afford not to. Because you're eventually going to downward spiral out of the business. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what's going to happen. You're not going to have time to, to work on the business. And, and trust me, I hate these entrepreneur speeches and, oh, you got to work on the business and you be an entrepreneur and grind. It's it's bullshit when you're in the day to day when you're painting when you're estimating when you're managing bringing supplies and managing. It's exhausting, man. It's exhausting, but also if you don't find the time to break out of the cycle, you will never get out of it. Yeah. And granted, I know painters that are making upwards of two hundred grand a year painting themselves the whole year, and and you know, um, I know there's there's one guy on my Instagram, residential painter. I know Ryan has a great life. Um, he does amazing work and he's busy year round, but. That's not everybody. That's not everybody. And not everybody deserves or wants to be this big time business owner because it comes with a lot of problems. But I, I had a conversation recently yeah. with a big time painter in Toronto. Um, and they're no longer on the tools. They're just running the business. And it was the best decision they ever made. And they're focusing on on branding themselves and getting themselves out there. And And I bring them up because somebody else reached out to me on DM just asking me, I need some branding, marketing yep. advice. How do I begin, Manny? What's the story? Like, who would you recommend to pay attention yep. to? And I gave them a bunch of people that I respect on what they're doing online yep. and have a look at them. And then I said, but by, by the way, 
They're spending this much. I know for a fact they're spending yeah. this much on a monthly basis just to create that brand content to keep that for wheel sure. going. And at first, when you hear that number, you're like, this is that's expensive. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money, just like how you said, if you're not growing where you want to really go. And that's what these guys are doing, that their banking business is so huge now that there's so much opportunity that they see it as if I'm in the office and I'm just working on the business and I'm just yeah. keep on growing and I'm networking and I'm hiring the right people, then I get more opportunity to come up with new ideas to yeah. keep on growing. And that's what they're doing now. They're expanding beyond painting now. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow the mind of a lot of people in the audience. Um, mostly because they probably don't know the numbers. We spent almost 10.2% of our revenue this year on marketing and branding. Smart move. Um, when we went to the conference, we were probably the highest percentage wise on, on, on branding. But that being said, Nobody in our industry had the goal to build a brand that could either be expanded nationwide or beyond that. Um, and we know we, we said that as a goal for ourselves to begin with. And by spending that much money on, on branding, our ROI is, is huge on that. Yeah. You know, we, we had a goal for this year. We already, because we spent the money ahead of time, right now we're just capitalizing on it. We're, we're trending way, way past what we're wanting to do this year. Um, so yeah, it's it's the branding. If anybody branding and marketing, if anybody's not marketing themselves year round, and you don't have to spend a ton of money, there's a lot of stuff you can do online for almost free. Like Instagram, I was having this conversation with this guy yesterday. He was telling me how he's going to spend so much time on Instagram this year doing be cool before and afters, and I told him, bro. Nobody gives a fuck about your before and afters. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I see it all these painter companies and when they paid their SEO guys to do marketing, they'd put a bunch of before and afters or really edited crap. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Start putting, take your phone out, take a, take a video of a cool tool that you use on a daily basis. There's a guy on Instagram that all he does is cutting in with a brush. He doesn't talk, doesn't show his face. All he does is satisfying cut-ins. Yeah. He has 55,000 followers on instagram just from cutting. i can guarantee you he doesn't have a hard time keeping himself busy no you know uh, or get every job that you do go above and beyond make sure the client is happy get a review there's eddie from from only the glass he does a great job at that i'll give you i'll give you a tip that i was impressed with uh the mexican carpenter out of the states right mm -hmm. where he's got an exclusive spanish base he still speaks english right yep. And when I first heard about him and I started following him, I paid attention. Then he eventually was on the show and we got talking. I started telling a lot of people in Toronto, because as everyone knows, the Toronto is a hub when it comes to social media, specifically yeah. IG. I started saying, I don't, I don't understand why more and more contractors out there, doesn't matter what trade you are, are not making exclusive language-based pages. And I'm like, listen, if your content was exclusively Portuguese, Italian, Croatian, you would grow really quick and i'm telling you it will work because look at his model it works really well america's what got to be 50 percent yep. spanish right so yep. it's just like that that market's there and in canada it's the same thing here we have um i've seen an example i can't remember the exact handle on instagram but it's a taping guy crew indians and they, they you can tell they tailored their content to the indian community which is a huge community in the gta you know, it's um, you'll get workforce and you'll yeah. get work 100 percent. You'll attract clients and you'll attract people who want to be a part of that. Network. Also, that's another good point that you just mentioned. You get workers. Um, the best source of recruitment for us has been Instagram. It yeah. wasn't something that we set out to they do. want to be a part of it. It's people see the culture. They see that our guys having fun, dancing on site. And, you know, there's music playing. There's cool shit happening. There's cool tools happening, um, you know. 
I've had um, one of our best new hires. We got him because he's, he's followed us on Instagram. His existing company didn't invest in the tools, didn't really invest in them. And he wanted to be a part of a better crew. have more fun with what he was doing. Now he gets to spray mud with a $9,000 spray every day. <laughs> so um, if you guys are looking for, to hire people, go, like post your culture on, on, on social. You'll, you'll be surprised. That's exactly it. It's your culture. Yeah. And then people will be attracted to it. But I think a lot of people are missing an opportunity by actually not posting their real culture. Yeah. Like, and then connect it to your construction culture. And yeah. you'll start uh, inviting a lot more people. I think that construction has gotten a bad rep. I think that we need to change that. Um, we need young people to come into into the field. They need, they, they need to realize they can make a really good living. Yep. Um, I, I can't give exact figures, but I can tell you my top technician probably makes more than a lawyer. Um, so <laughs> if, if you're young and you want to get into the trades, find... Find that whatever niche works for you. Become become obsessed about it, about it. If you want to be a painter, become obsessed with painting. If you want to be an electrician, becomes obsessed with electrician. Or just look at all the trades and see look what you guys trades. did. Where like see where the faults yeah. are, see what can happen here and there. Find and how niche. you can improve it. Right. Find something. But even even if you're going into like construction management or something, that, there's nothing wrong with going in, into construction versus white collar. And I come from a white collar family of engineers and teachers. For me, it was go to school or get out of the house. So I went to school, sat by my parents, worked a couple of years in in, in uh, corporate world, hated every second of it, you know. And now uh, <laughs> my friends were going crazy. You went from a project manager in a cozy office um, to slinging a brush, yeah. And I, I loved every second of it. So it's uh, it, it's learn what you want. Don't don't pay attention to Joe Schmo in a truck that with his ass crack showing everywhere. There's people that carry themselves like professionals in this industry. Um, if you're looking to get into the industry, carry yourself like a profession. It will professional. It will only benefit everybody else. And so, stop lowballing everybody. Jesus. Well, then that's what I. It just like this is the one stereotype about the industry that I dislike. But it only happens when you start comparing apples and oranges, right? If you're yeah. at comparing everybody on the same playing field, then you're going to get similar quotes. That's yeah. just a fact, right? When yeah. you got proper people that bit build proper businesses, yeah. the numbers are all going to be identical, but you're going to get someone who's going to come out of the Kijiji woodwork and start yeah. giving you lowballing bullshit. And then they're going to make promises that they're going to deliver. And then you're going to have a horror story to share. And then you're going to be like, well, I should have just hired you guys. Well, that's the industry, right? I, I think the thing with pricing is what homeowners and tradespeople need to understand. The second you start lowballing each other, it's a race to the bottom. Yeah. Um, and I don't Doesn't say that anybody. because I need to buy a Ferrari. It's you as a tradesperson, if you're, taking pride in what you're doing you deserve to make a living wage and above that for all the risk you're taking as a business owner so it's perfectly fine don't, don't price something high because you see me price something high price it high because you know your numbers and what you need to make to be able to live the, the value life that you of want. the business that you're proposing exactly to them. yeah and if if you do what you're supposed to do and you deliver the value to the homeowners they're not going to compare you to anybody else and even if they do they'll see the value every day i get i get People saying, yeah, you're pretty much twice the other competitors, but we felt more connection. We felt um, that we can trust your company and that you guys will deliver a better job. So, yeah, why don't we, we go ahead? I'm probably because I'm an amazing salesperson. I'm trying to think of, like, I think every single trade can have a connection of a service entity associated with that trade. Yeah. I don't think there's a trade out there that doesn't. Yeah. I mean, outside, you start getting into the mechanical trades, but if you got someone that already has all their tickets and they just want to focus on service, like I pay attention to HVAC companies that have grown. Yep. 
their first avenue of growth is what? Service. Yeah. Everybody needs to maintain that equipment and take care of it on an annual yeah. seasonal basis. So now they start expanding their service division, yeah. which contrib contributes to more profit. So I'm, I'm sure you know him. I'm a huge Tommy Mello fan. Huge Tommy fan. Um, and he, he talks exactly about that. Yeah, he made his money on garage doors and installing garage doors. But he sold like, what, 25,000 service agreements this year? And, you know, the chance of those people actually using those service agreements, it's like a gift card at the store. Yeah. It's 70% free money to the company. Um, and that's something that we are doing this year, offering a service maintenance, which will include basically an X amount of visits per year that you can call us. And if you, if you have a bigger repair, that money will be credited. It's still in the works, but you're right. Everybody could have a, a service department. The only issue that companies don't do it is because they don't see how they're going to make money on it. They see the headache before they see the they opportunity. They see the small stuff and they're not built for the, yeah. for the in and out stuff. That's why on my painting company, we were not built for the in and out, like small type of job. But now like the, the whole way that we set up, it's built to be in and out, specialize in the small jobs that other people just don't make. They make money on it, but in between it will be a nuisance for them. The all new Kohler home generator. The most powerful. The most durable. The most customizable. And the quietest home generator you can buy. When it counts, count on Kohler. I also want people listening to understand that this didn't happen overnight. You had no. the years of experience that you went through regarding the painting business first. Yeah. Then it went into this. And now you've got the years that you were working on this. To give an example of all the bullshit we had to go through, my very last painting job was um, a $120,000 contract on a medical space that was inside of a heritage building. Um, I thought I was hot shit when I sold a hundred grand uh, in one project. It was great. Uh, it was supposed to be a 50% gross profit. In and Trending. out type of thing. Three, yeah. um, we, we I had it budgeted for four and a half weeks. In reality, it took a year and a half. <laughs> it cost me two hundred and fifty grand to produce, and that's that was the last straw that got me out of painting. Yeah. Um, and again, a lot uh, I will. A lot of it was my mistakes uh, on the management side. But a lot of it is you know subcontractors' issues and employee issues and material costs and and all that bullshit. But. Um, yeah, Le learn to look at your numbers. Learn to know what you need to. You be need at. to. You need to stop and everything and, and just go back. And, and it's okay. That it's didn't okay to out. fail. That's all I'm saying. Ah, it's okay to sure. fail. It's um, without failing, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, I didn't know that. You know, maybe it's not smart to just d rely on people that said they can't do it <laughs> when it's time to do it, or when the contractor is telling, "Don't worry, everything will go smoothly." Maybe don't take his word for it. <laughs> that's proof in the pudding. And, you know, when you deliver, that's how it all yeah. works, right? That's why we're. I'm so selective when I work with contractors with GCs nowadays. Um, GCs do see a lot of value in what we do, um, especially when they have a tight deadline and their tapers that did the whole job. They can't get in for another four weeks to fix the electrician relocating an outlet. Um, so we do, we do get a lot of inquiries from GCs, and they will pay kind of the prices that we want most of the times. But... For us, if, if you're a GC and, and, you know, access is not as you told us it's going to be. Price keeps changing. If you're doing the, oh, can you just add this and can you do this? And you don't issue change orders and it takes me 60 days to collect payment from you. You're in the blacklist, buddy. Of course. You know? um, of course. 
So yeah, when I'm, when I'm talking about expanding, especially into into taping, um, we have a very selective group of contractors that we're, that we're working with or we're going to work with, um, you know, and they'll get the same amazing experience that repair clients get and stuck removal client gets. You know, they're gonna look better to their clients. Their projects are gonna be on on, on time, but. It's a give and take relationship. It's a good point that you bring up regarding the GCs. And I think any tradespeople that are looking to expand and try to work with new GCs should spend the time and effort to go to their job site and just have a peek yeah. because their job site is definitely a reflection of them as sure. an individual. So if that job site is not clean, organized, it's not. Look at their truck. Simple as that. <laughs> simple as that. It's a dashboard fill of uh, receipts yeah, and papers. That's all it is. Simple. Stay the fuck away. Then it gives you an idea of what you're, what to expect, and then you can yeah. kind of say, "Listen, I'm, I'm not interested anymore. I'm going to walk away. It's all good. Sorry. Good luck with the job. Move on." And don't be a dick about it. Just be professional yeah. about it. But it's yeah. important. There's a lot of lessons that all the younger trades can oh get get from, right? So I can I can fill two podcasts with just all the mistakes I've made in my in my. Yeah, past. but that's construction <laughs> in general, right? I want to ask you, what's with the socks? Oh, dude, <laughs> like, if anybody is uh, watching this or listening, um, I'm known that no, I never wear matching socks. And um, the only sock shop I know is the one on Queen Street. Oh, it's going to be like a family thing and friends thing on my birthdays. People get me socks okay. and, and holidays. I just think life is too, sh too short for boring socks and matching socks. You know, think about all, all the effort you go through in the morning trying to match socks or when they come out of the wash, you have to match them. Wouldn't it be, think of all the time you're saving and just grabbing whatever you think. And it's, uh, what it's if it's exciting. like one of your favorite pair of socks and then you get a hole in it? Do you keep it or you toss it and try to find that favorite <laughs> pair again somewhere else? But most of the time you probably can't find that favorite pair again because it's I'm a one pretty, off. Um, I'm pretty funny when it comes to holes and underwear and, and, and socks. <laughs> I think of it as ventilation. <laughs> my, like, my wife had to throw out my uh, lucky pair of underwear. Um, that was pretty much Swiss cheese at that point. <laughs> but now, once I have a hole in the sock, it goes in the garbage and, uh, you know, it's time to buy a new one. Is there a particular sock that you like, like a, a design nowadays? My, my first, my very favorite one has... Um, as my favorite NBA player, I'm a huge Carmelo Anthony fan. Okay. So like five years ago, my brother got me the Carmelo Anthony socks and yeah, they're still going strong. So I'm proud to say that. <laughs> so you don't wear them as often. I just had to say goodbye to uh, another one yesterday that had a hole about this size in it. So yeah, it's, uh, it was a sad day, but we made it. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to share before I get into the 12 questions? I don't know. What, well, I guess no, my no, big no. question now is, and I don't know how much you want to share, but where's it going to go now that you've started this train? Yeah. Where's it going to go? Patch dudes over our big, hairy, audacious goal, our BHAG and on the five years is to become the go-to for basically become the Kleenex for drywall repairs. Yeah. So when somebody has a Across hole in the Canada? wall, first in, in, in Toronto area. Okay. So I want people in Ontario when their, their son punches a wall. Don't worry about it. Just call the dudes. Um, that's the goal for that. We're going to get to about 10 to 20 repair technicians on the road and a couple crews for taping and whatnot. And then after the five-year mark, we're going to start looking at franchising or growing corporately across Canada. Um, we've had plenty of opportunities already, thanks, thanks to the strong brand that, again, I'm biased, but I think we created a very strong brand. Yeah, you know, you, you established um, a strong brand. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have had already a number of people reach out to us about franchising. Um, I think the franchising, before it, before you have a couple corporate locations and you prove the concept works, 
Um, and before you made crazy amount of money and before you know you can bring the value to your franchisees, you're going to do a disservice to any franchisees to buy the franchise from you. Yeah. Um, if all they're getting is a licensing agreement to use your name, you're not giving them any value. Um, so I want a business in a box, essentially. So until I think it will, it'll be around year five until we get there. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a growth. And we're always looking for really qualified, not only technicians and, and, and crew members and subcontractors, but also inside the in-house, you know, we're looking for an incredible salesperson. So if you're out there, it doesn't matter what you're you selling. You reach out, right? You just reach talk out. to you. Um, we're looking for, you know, amazing office and marketing people. So yeah, there'll be a lot of growth over the next couple of years. We're trying to 2X this year and then hopefully again next year, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Toronto's a huge market. Did you ever think, Or, that this is what you were going to be working on? I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, uh, okay. you know, ever since I was but a kid. But grow something in, a, in, a, in the construction? No. No. I, right? I spent a, um, a summer managing a branch for WOW One Day Painting um, when I was in university. And I remember I was fascinated by the franchising world, um, by how they have their systems for everything, by how everything kind of works accordingly, um, and mo mostly by the culture that the franchisor, franchisor built over there. Yeah. Um, and I think ever since then, I knew that I would love to be involved in the franchising world. If I can start my own franchise in some way or successful business, I would love that. But more than anything, I'm just chasing the freedom. You know, I'm chasing ability to do what I want with who I want. And, you know, until now I, I wake up every day, I'm happy to go, uh, to go keep growing this thing. So I can't complain too much. And I get to work with my beautiful wife and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good so far. That's how I found it. I saw one of the vans, right? I just saw it at a gas station. I think he was just filling up or something like that. Yep. And I just saw the sign and I was looking at it going, the name is catching me obviously. And, and these days I don't give a shit about the mindset of what, is politically correct or whatever yep. patch dudes like you said earlier at the very beginning of the show it's applicable to anybody that's in construction male or female doesn't matter to me right so we did have somebody kind of challenge me on that on well you're going to get a stupid person that's going to be in this country there's a lot of them they're all yeah, at, but, in uh, ottawa right at so at the end of the day 95 percent of our clients are, are female you know we we had female technicians we had female workers so it's um it's about changing conversation. It's dude dude is a way of doing something. It's a way of living. It's a way of acting. Um, yeah, I guess it has the connotation. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's going to be. I, an I issue. don't think. And you're not going to please everybody anyway. Yeah. You never. And so will. some people will use Festool. Some people will use Mer Merca. Some like you guys. Yeah. Some people are going to drive this car. That car. It doesn't give a shit. One right? one, lo one little point that you said on the um the sauce from the van. Is if uh, market marketing advice for anybody that's starting a brand or even want to improve theirs, um, I can't tell you how many times when we just had one vehicle wrapped, people would call me and say, "We saw one of your vans," you know, as plural. It was the same thing with me. Yeah. When I started my van with Hardcore Renos, yeah. I would get complaints on certain social media. Like, uh, I saw one of your vans driving a little too fast. And I was like, no problem. I'll let them know. I yeah. was the only fucker driving with yeah. the one van. And I can tell you, I got a few of those <laughs> and I probably was driving too fast. So <laughs> I didn't give a shit about driving too so, fast. I wasn't dangerous. I was always yeah. conscious about, because you're representing a brand. Yeah. But I it, wasn't but reckless. Yeah. The, the whole point is um, a, a couple grand, not even. It cost me about 1200 to 1400 to wrap oh, one of Oh, it's the best thing ever. It will yeah. do wonders for your business. So like if, you're, if you're not wrapping wrapping your vehicles already, do it. Just it it just makes and when it's parked somewhere, you can park yeah. it in different parts of the city. People will notice it. And I let just, my guys take the vehicles home. Um, yeah, 
they, a, they get um, basically a free vehicle to use. And B, I tell them, drive it as much as you want. For me, it's a moving billboard. It's, it's advertising, marketing. And it's crazy. Once um, I had my project, my ex-project manager lived in Oshawa. Um, when we barely did any work in Oshawa before that. Um, he start, He had the van, um, pickup truck over there for about almost a year. And you can see, we're gradually starting to get more and more, more and more, more leads in that area. It just so makes it sense, man. Yeah, it just makes sense. Thanks very much, Or I got to do the 12 questions uh, on Instagram, patch.dudes on the website, www.patchdudes.com. The phone number is 647-549-0299. And what is your favorite construction word? <laughs> construction word. Kalk. Calm? Kalk. Caulking. Oh, cock. Because of the many different variations and dirty jokes you can make from it. That's why I love construction. There's all kinds of stuff like that in there. Uh, what is your least favorite tool? Any type of saw. I'm terrified of losing one of these, and I've seen too There's many 10. accidents. <laughs> <laughs> what construction sound do you love? Paint sprayer. Something calming about it. The steps. Now, okay, that or the replenishing of the priming. Nah, nah, I hate that. I hate that. But <laughs> if they could somehow get that and then get yeah. rid of that, that would be for me. It was especially when we did custom homes. When I heard that of the spray, that man's progress was being made. So, 100%. yeah. Uh, what's your favorite beverage? Coffee, a little good little spro. What turns you on and off in construction? Turns me off is uh, people that treat construction like a job and a business. Turn me on, sorry, like like a job and a business um, when they actually treat it more than just a job. What turns me off is people that don't respect the profession or what they're doing. Yeah. Favorite curse word? Has to be my fa- my second favorite uh, four-letter F word. Fuck. I use it quite often. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world, any motor trend? Give me a 1970 plum purple charger. That's my uh, that's my dream. And rest audit, rest audit. That's that's I'm happy. That's a nice one. Don't give me anything electric. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling them FEVs now. <laughs> what do you miss from your childhood? The carelessness, just you know, going out in the summer playing basketball, and that's the only thing I had to do that day. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I always say if I hit the lottery, I would open um, a mechanic shop. Not because I'm a great mechanic. I know nothing about mechanics. It just seems something cool. Working cars, classic cars all day. There's something about that environment. If, if I didn't have to do it for money, I feel like it would be great fun. Yeah. Uh, for money, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's something about that environment. It's kind of interesting. And sometimes, I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of Jay Leno, I like watching some of his videos because mm-hmm. he enters his garage because yeah. he's a tinker. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden he goes in, he messes around, but you can already yeah. smell that environment on the video. Yeah. And there's something about that environment. That I mean, I I'll like. still, um, you know, if it's small stuff like changing the grill in my truck, I'll do that kind of stuff myself. But yeah, if I had the time and the, the complex for it, I'll do it. What profession would you not like to do? Ooh. As much as I respect them, I think anything in healthcare. Yeah. I respect the crap out of them, but I would not want to be a nurse. It's tough. Not smart enough to be a doctor, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's questionable, did he say? Yeah. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? What took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> or, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It I really appreciate pleasure, it. And all the best to you and, and, and the rest of the dudes uh, that man. work on the business and keep on working on the business. Yeah, man, I love hearing myself talk, so this was, this was fun. I appreciate the opportunity, Thanks, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be back. No, for sure. We'll get you back on the show, and anyone who wants to reach out, reach out, whether for work or to work for. 
Uh, by all means, just reach out. Let's reach out. Let's talk. Okay. Thanks, Appreciate Or. Appreciate it. Out of here, Angela.